my Black Hollywood Live fans. Today we're talking Trump, Empire, and more. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is served. All right. Hello and welcome to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is served. Thank you for joining me, Chelsea Galicia, and my co-host, Shaka Smith, as we talk about the legal stories in the news this week. Thanks for joining us. And we've got quite the full rundown to get to, starting with a new ruling in a Cosby case. This one is from Janice Dickinson. So this is not the criminal case. We're talking right now about Janice Dickinson's defamation claim. And it's been sort of a while coming. We've been waiting for some movement in any of the Cosby cases because <laughs> all we've heard so far for a while is delay, delay, delay. And now finally we got something and the judge has ruled that the defamation claim will go forward. And this doesn't seem like wow, how is that such shocking news? But because Cosby's team has put up such a fight, yeah. any forward momentum in this case sort of becomes a big deal. Uh, this has been sort of, gosh, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Like you had planned on doing a show with Mari. Yeah, and uh, of course you know, the legal team was able to delay um, that court proceeding, so <laughs> we had to go with a different so show. So it didn't turn out so well for Cosby's team yesterday. Uh, what does this mean now that the judge has ruled it can go forward? Well, now Cosby will be, again, subject to depositions, his wife um, as well. Um, so it's, it's a victory for Janice Dickinson, but she'll be faced with some difficult questions. Uh, she did have a book around 2002 where she talked about her relationship with Cosby, and essentially she said she turned him down and he blew her off. So she now has to go back and kind of explain some of that, but at least her case gets to go forward and she'll have her day in court. So that's one of the things that the Cosby team has been using as a defense, is mm -hmm. that in her memoir, which came out, I think, in 2002, yeah says very little, very yeah, abbreviated him, yeah. version. She turned him down and he blew her off. So that'll be something she'll have to contend with in court. And my understanding is she said that her publisher wouldn't allow her to put the details in the book, yeah, and so she didn't. Yeah, at the time they were fearing lawsuits. So, Okay, that's fair. But it wasn't all good news for Janice Dickinson because Cosby's team did get one win in. And, and that is that the basis of Janice Dickinson's claims for defamation, portraying her in a false light, and intentional infliction of emotional distress really come down to two statements that basically call her a liar and things of that nature. And one, there were two statements that were apparently said, and one of them, the judge, has stricken them. So if we've only got one statement calling her a liar is that enough to win I mean, the, the claim yeah that's all it takes you know so you know Cosby will have to allege that what he said was true and upon proving that then so in in contending that it, it's true that he's a liar he basically puts the whole issue of his guilt on trial doesn't he well, she's a liar, yes, yeah, absolutely. So we, this may be our only chance to really see a trial on the, on the it's, it's sort of an undercover way to try the trial, like the merits of the... The criminal case. It, exactly, because we'll never actually, at least at this rate, doesn't the, seem like we're going to. I mean, there is that Georgia case. Yeah, the 2005 sexual assault in Pennsylvania. So, so we might. Um, do you wonder about any of the overlap in these two cases. Do you think that perhaps the Janice Dickinson claim will be delayed until the criminal case in Georgia is over well, I, or I, vice versa? 
Well, I mean, there has to be some, you know, they have to appreciate the scheduling um, of both courts, and, you know, Mr. Cosby has to be available, his legal team needs to be ready. Um, however, they have so many tricks up their sleeves that it's a really, very great legal team. Yeah. And so I, I think both of these cases will be delayed as long as humanly possible. Because I'm thinking, you know, if Cosby is convicted of the criminal case, mm-hmm. that would add some fuel to Janice Dickinson's claim. Yes. So as a Cosby defense team, I would think I don't want that case to go first, um, even though that will they'll have to give up Cosby's right to a speedy trial because they're going to be the one delaying it. Yeah, I mean, whatever they determine is the most winnable, I think they'll try to push for that first because obviously having a one in the column going to the second one is yeah. advantageous. So we'll see what, what happens now. Any guess about which one they think is the more winnable case? I would suspect the Janice Dickinson case only because the book, she never alleges the, the sexual contact and she talks about, she basically says it never happened in, in that in that memoir. So. But I... I totally buy the story that she wasn't allowed to publish it. She was a, the publisher was afraid of a lawsuit. They get up there and say that. I would believe it. I, I agree. It's a very believable story, but at the same time, I think it's always great to have something very public that says, you did not sexually assault me. So, and then Janice Dickinson is not the most sympathetic character. So, and she's kind of, you know, she's got a lot of polarizing views out there because yeah. she's a public figure. So I think that's probably the more winnable case. Interesting. All right. Well, we shall see. Um, moving on to Donald Trump. I love talking politics, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, the, the law and politics uh, overlapped <laughs> um, this week when the campaign manager, Corey Linda- Lewandowski, you, Lewandowski uh, you know what first name came to mind? It was Lewinsky. <laughs> but uh, the campaign manager for Trump's presidential bid was charged with battery of a reporter. Yeah, I think this is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. Right, I don't think this has ever happened. This is pretty, I mean, battery, and especially misdemeanor battery, it's not that big of a claim. But a charge of any sort for your campaign is a big deal. Or, or of a presidential campaign, yeah. Right, so apparently this went down March 8th. Um, Trump was speaking, and then afterwards, the reporter, Michelle Fields, tried to put like a recorder in his face, like as a reporter does, yes. and asked him about his views on affirmative action, which would be very interesting to hear about, um, as long as we all brace ourselves for some kind of offensive statement. But she tried to ask, and his campaign manager grabbed her arm and yanked her. Allegedly. <laughs> this, yes, this is a claim. Uh, there is a, There was another reporter present who corroborates that story. There is a video that ironically was um, taken by the property which Trump owns. It was at, at a Trump national um, golf course in Florida that this occurred at, and that video is being interpreted by different people differently. Some people say it shows him, reach, Corey, reaching out to the reporter, but you can't actually see the grab. Yeah. And so tweet, tweet, Trump tweeted that the video doesn't show anything. Yeah. And other people are saying for sure it does show that he reached out and, and grabbed her. There was some video, or there, besides the video, there's some picture Evidence, assume. With, yeah, with the handprints on her arm right. with some bruising. So with all of this, what do you think the chances are that he'll be convicted of battery? Well, I, I think it's, it's very high. You know, misdemeanor battery in Florida um, is not, there's no great bar. It's just you have to have an intentional contact that's unwanted by the other person. You don't even need actual injury to be convicted of misdemeanor battery. So it doesn't matter um, that it wasn't like breaking her wrist. Yeah, as long as we have an intentional touching and uh, there was an unwanted contact. 
And it seems like we have those elements here. And, you know, Florida does like to push very hard with the misdemeanor battery. It's one of the few states that even if it's a first offense, they might go for jail time. So, you know, yeah, because I can't see in California somebody going to jail over Yeah, they, they tend to be a little bit more heavy-handed in Florida when it comes to that. And, you know, so he faces up to 12 months in jail or 12 months probation Wouldn't or that be a fine. I don't know about hysterical, but it would be interesting if he was then had to be removed from the campaign, and, unless you can run a campaign from jail. And given how fervently Trump defended him um, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, he still to, is supporting him, saying that yeah. the video shows nothing, that this was no big deal. Um, he doesn't really care. He's been questioned Trump about like, really, this is you, you're a president and somebody in your administration did this. He's like, man, such a small thing. I wouldn't right. really give it much thought. So it's not important to him. It'll be interesting to see if it's important to, to voters. Uh, but moving on to a different kind of story, an em empire lawsuit. So we've heard before and we've talked about on this show that there are several lawsuits against empire and its creators, Lee Daniel and um, for infringing on, or copyright infringement, basically. People saying that the show was based on their life or their pitch yeah. that they had presented to Lee Daniels or somebody involved in the show. And now one of those guys who has a lawsuit pending yeah. is going to do a reality TV show about his life. Yeah. And the question for me is, do you think that this reality show is going to have any bearing on the outcome of his copyright infringement case? Yeah, I, I think we're talking about Ron Newt, who is a former pimp, it, and the show is called The Newt Empire, uh, and he's suing Empire for a billion dollars. So, <laughs> and, but you know, the show has been quite successful, and he noted several similarities between uh, a documentary film that he wanted to make based on his life um, that he had already pitched to Terrence Howard and called Bigger Than Big. And several similarities mirror, you know, this pitch that he gave. And as a result, he's now suing. And I think I've seen clips of the reality show, and it does seem very Empire-like. So getting in the minds of a potential jury um, that this reality show is what was stolen, essentially, for Empire, I think is a good to kind of get, get in front of it. Do you think the judge will allow Ron Newt to show clips of the reality show to compare it to the show. No, I, I think it only has a bearing in the minds of people that are reading the story currently. So if you're kind of getting to the potential jury pool, that the idea that this was based on your idea um, that you originally had, then certainly I think that helps. But I don't think it would be allowed in court for evidence. All right, interesting. But yeah, copy. We have copyright infringement, and copyright infringement. Just having an idea is not enough. But once it's written down and you have some sort of tangible way to look at the idea that you have, then you're automatically covered by copyright. And one of the very few things you have to show is that either there was actual copying or the defendant had access um, to your material and there's some substantial similarity between their new material and your material. Do you think the fact that there are like three different lawsuits by three different individuals who are all claiming something that show is, a show is based on them, their life, a character is based on them, or somebody stole my idea, the fact that there are so many claims by different people will water down the claims of the other plaintiffs? Not necessarily. I think you're going to be looking at it individually. Um, and. and you're going to have evidence there. You know, we, Ron Newt purports to have evidence that Terrence Howard, there, were, there was a meeting with him and that he pitched this to him. Um, I believe we have John Astor White is going to present evidence that he sent the screenplay into um, the different parties and they knew about it. 
So once you have that evidence, now you have to start to show that they use this in Reliance and they created their show after it. So Interesting. I mean, I wonder if one sort of precludes the other or if it's possible that two or more people, because there's another woman who yeah. is claiming that she's the real cookie. Uh, so can multiple people be right in their case against this one show? If you if you can show they had access to your content and they and they copied it, I, I believe so. That would be really so interesting. It's not a bar to to multiple claimants. Yeah. All right. So now something with an interesting segue because we have in common a record release from prison. We're going to be talking about yeah. rapper C Murder. Yeah, we had on uh, last season what is it? Lucius Lyon released uh, a record from jail. And we have uh, real-life imitating art here with rapper C. Murder. Yeah, and speaking of, Empire's show starts up again tonight, right? Yeah. So make sure that after the show you uh, join us on our sister network for After Buzz's coverage of Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rapper C. Murder has released a record called Dear Supreme Court, where he makes a plea to the Supreme Court to let him go. Yeah. Little does he know, I think, that Supreme Court won't exactly let him go. They may overturn something and have a new trial or or new motion. They won't quite let him go, but I understand the spirit of his song. And yeah, for those who don't know, rapper C. Murder is the brother of Master P. I did not know until this story. Yeah. Yeah, the younger brother of Master P, and he's in jail for life. And based on a 2002 club shooting of a 16 year old Steve Thomas. Right. And, you know, there was some melee, Steve Thomas was shot, and they're claiming that there was some inaccurate witnesses and that there's some new witnesses now and that he was basically convicted in large part based on his very heavy-handed lyrics. All right, so he is sitting in jail not only for that, but then there was also a no-contest plea for a s- attempted second-degree murder for trying to shoot a nightclub owner in 2001. So he's 10 years sentence concurrent with that. Um, but really, he's trying to overturn the murder conviction for the, the teen. Uh, he says he did not do it. There's a, there were witnesses there that were not allowed to testify. A juror now has come out and changed his or her tune. That by itself, I don't think, is going to change much. But right now, a, a, an appeal claim is pending with the U.S. Supreme Court because the state uh, appeals court in, which state are we talking about here? This Louisiana. is in Louisiana, has already denied uh, the claim. Per, before we get an answer from the Supreme Court, we're probably going to hear something about an investigation about how this song was released because yeah, prisoners. You're not supposed to- have access to materials to make music. They're not even supposed to have access to social media, uh, social networks, which his have been pretty active recently. So none of the publications have been able to say for sure how this song came out. Uh, Some people have guessed, well, maybe this was recorded before he went in, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty clear that this had to be post-conviction. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any sneaking suspicion about how he got the song recorded and released? Well, I mean, he's the brother of Master P who's got, you know, unlimited resources, you know, for all intents and purposes. So whether or not he, and some people may revere him in jail and maybe have helped him out, who knows if a prison guard helped him or, you know, if your social status in jail helps you accomplish a lot. So um, I don't know exactly how it got done, but it doesn't surprise me it got done. So what do you think, anything will, will come of this? Do you think that the song is going to bring attention to this case, sort of like a... Making steep, a murder, yeah. Exactly. So, and that's what they're hoping. Already they're claiming in the appeal that they have new evidence and a couple of new witnesses, and 
another ground for appeal of the ineffective counsel that he may have had. And so we do know that with new evidence, you have had to do reasonable diligence at the time um, of the initial trial. Because if that evidence was available at the time and you just chose not to take and you advantage. missed it or, yeah, then you're not going to, that's not going to necessitate a new trial. And the two new witnesses, it depends on how new, like, was, were they known, but they simply weren't found, or if their whereabouts were unknown, not enough for a new trial. So when we get a little bit more details about uh, some of the witnesses and new evidence, we'll know whether or not um, he'll be able to proceed. Yeah. Any idea on what you think might happen with this one? Uh, it, new, it, it's just very rare that you're, yeah. granted, you're granted a trial based on new evidence and ineffective counsel. He has to show that the counsel was so ineffective it was unreasonable. Well, in the song, what he sings about is that the um, lawyer didn't do much for him and that I was just asking him for money. Yeah. So he doesn't exactly give us a lot of insight on what he thinks exactly the lawyer did wrong, yeah. except ask him for a lot of money. Yeah, it's a basically a reasonable test, so a reasonableness test. So you, your lawyer has to be unreasonable in the way he's defending you, and on the top of that, that, that defense must have prejudiced the outcome. Right. So another high bar to, to leap. So Yeah. It's going to be tough. It will be very surprising yeah. if he wins that appeal. Well, I think anything that brings, you know, a little light to the, the prison system isn't bad. So perhaps this, you know, this song isn't the, the worst thing. Right. No, I think anything, you know, the making of murder and art that helps bring these issues um, into the public eye, into the public consciousness, I think is always a good thing. Uh, Cat Williams is trying to avoid being committed. He doesn't want to go to jail treatment or anything yeah. like that. Um, and his bizarre behavior may land him there anyways. Yeah. So he just, you were telling me earlier that he's just been charged very recently. Before, yeah. I just thought he was acting kind of crazy with this, like, found with chocolate and oh, yeah, whipped cream. Was, yeah. And yeah. then did, I mean, I don't even think I could repeat it here, but his. <laughs> <laughs> so the cops raided his place and his family is alleging that he was found naked in chocolate. And of course he had a And he's like, retort. well, not just chocolate, but there was whipped cream <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he likes it licked and stuff like that. I can't, <laughs> the quote is so funny, but I can't repeat yeah. it. So he's trying to say he's just fine. His family is a bunch of broke you know, um, people that are trying to get him committed to, I guess, take advantage of all of his money. Yeah. And so he's not going anywhere. This disorderly conduct charge, that's, what do you think, is that going to get him committed? I, I don't think that will get him committed, but he has had a string of just bizarre behavior lately, and that is more likely to get him committed. Uh, disorderly conduct, yeah, so this morning, or not this morning, but 2.30 on the East Coast is when he was um, picked up and arrested and um, booked for disorderly conduct for the fight with a 17-year-old, Luke Walsh, Luke Walsh, that he had. All right. So for me, I, I'm thinking the only time he's going to be committed is on like a 5150, and that's what that's what it, the, the code is here in California. And that's when you're a danger to, an immediate danger to yourself or others, and they take you in for like a 72-hour hold, and it could be longer if they yeah. find that it's necessary. Um, is the same true in Georgia? Um, no. So in, in Georgia, if you have a, um, a certificate by a physician or a psychiatrist or someone in the mental health field, a nurse, then that would be enough. Or if a court order based on that certificate is granted, that would be enough. But also, if you get a court order based on the affidavits of two people that know you well and uh -oh. believe you should be committed. Uh-oh. And so that is also grounds. But you, you only get 48 hours tops, and within 48 hours you have to have a court hearing. And so you do have remedies after that. And 
After that process, you might get committed for longer than that, up to a week, and you still have your remedies there. So if they're able to commit him, I don't think it would be for long unless he continued to display bizarre behavior amongst those that were making the decision to keep him. Gotcha. All right. And so finally, wow, we moved through these so quickly. <laughs> so yeah. um, the, the Supreme Court and the courts of individual states are been ta have been talking about the death penalty in roundabout ways for months now. And for me, I see this as slight writings on the wall. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I cannot forget about our golf. Oh, yeah. We've got to talk golf. All right, golf's first major is right around the corner, and you can play one-week fantasy golf for free at DraftKings.com. Just pick six golfers before tee-off, stay under the salary cap, and rack up points for streaks. I don't even know what that is. Per hole performances, tournament finishes, and more. I know so many people that are going to be all over this. This has yeah. to be a new thing because I have never heard about this. I wonder if DraftKings is... There's fantasy for everything now. Wow, yeah. apparently. All right, so outscore the competition and you could win big with every tournament. Whether you live and breathe golf or you're just ready to try a new fantasy sport, DraftKings brings the excitement of the game to a whole new level with every monster drive and made put bringing you closer to victory. DraftKings <laughs> uh, is more than fantasy golf. Choose from a variety of sports to showcase your winning skills. Millions of sports fans have already discovered DraftKings. Now it's your turn. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. So fantasy golf co uh, contests begin when tournaments tee off. So that's why you've got to get to DraftKings.com now and choose your golfers. Don't forget to use the promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K, so that you get to play for free. Again, that's promo code GEEK to play for free now only at DraftKings.com. Again, DraftKings.com. One last time. That's DraftKings.com. All right. Okay. So now should we talk about death? Yeah. Segway, right? <laughs> right. So the, the Supreme Court and the, the judges in individual states have been talking about death penalty and the issues around it that, for me, make it seem that within a few years, the writing's on the wall, that the death penalty itself will be deemed unconstitutional. And I think that what happened in Alabama recently uh, will be one step um, towards that. So recently, a judge has said that the way that the state's death penalties laws are make it unconstitutional. Because apparently, even if a jury convicts somebody and then says no death penalty, the judge can take it upon him or herself to apply the death penalty anyway. So they're not bound by yeah. what the juries decide. Uh, this is similar. So that was Alabama and an Alabama state judge that decided that. But that's in line with what the U.S. Supreme Court said about a Florida law that basically looked the same. Yeah. That Supreme Court holding was like eight to one. So eight of uh, the justices were in favor of determining that Florida's uh, laws around the death penalty were unconstitutional. There was one conservative justice, mm -hmm. Samuel Alito, that said, we have been reviewing death penalty cases in Florida and upholding them for 25 years now. 
And now I think what's happening is that we're, there's, there's a shift in that we're not so cool with having one person, a judge, who could potentially, for political reasons, because judges are elected, mm-hmm. be applying the death penalty when they see fit or when they're up for re-election or for who knows, you know, why. Yeah. Do you, what did you think, first of all, about the Alabama decision? Well, I mean, I, th- I thought it was a good decision. Uh, and what, what you were having was, th- this was not in the, it wasn't legislatively mandated that they were, you could push for the death penalty. A lot of the mandatory um, sentences that the jury could decide were life. It was up to the judge now to decide whether there were circumstances that warranted um, death. Right, and that's the part that the judge says you can't do that because then you have a judge deciding an issue of fact, whether there was something that raised the, um, I guess, the circumstances of the death to yes. to warrant the death penalty and not ju- a jury, which is what the Sixth Amendment is supposed to protect you from. It's a trial by a jury with competent counsel and that whole thing. That's what the Sixth Amendment is. And of course they had language that said the judge must take the great weight of you know the jury's recommendation, but what was underscored was that the judge had an independent discretion um, to administer the death penalty, and that's what they found unconstitutional. Right. So the, the judge uh, in Alabama who determined this wrote a great opinion, I, I think, that talks about some of the reasons why, in general, across the country, we're likely to see the same kind of decisions come down. Uh, among them being that, you know, if you have a public defender, you're more likely to be convicted and given the death penalty. Mm -hmm. And people who have public defenders are generally indigent defendants, meaning don't have a lot of money or resources of their own. So if the death penalty is being applied differently based upon how much money you have and the type of counsel that you can afford, I can see that the Supreme Court would say, no, this is not constitutional, especially now that we have... um, our very conservative friend, I should call him your friend. Um, I can't even say his <laughs> name right now. <laughs> the guy who died, Scalia. Oh. He's not there anymore. I, th- I think if Scalia was still there, the death penalty would not go anywhere. Yeah, was this a Florida case or an Alabama there case? Was, Alabama was the, the state case, but Florida a few this, months ago, yeah. ha- the, the Supreme Court said that Florida's laws were, were unconstitutional because of the same thing, because of yeah. this judicial override. And, and I think what's interesting is Sonia Sotomayor, who wrote the um, opinion, stare decisis was one of the things that Florida um, had alleged would bar would bar this from being This overturned. is one of those fun terms that you get to learn in law school exactly. that basically means you've got to follow the precedents. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't always have to, yeah. but basically that's, you know, we have the laws in writing and black letter law, and mm-hmm. then the courts interpret them, and the way that they've interpreted cases like that, similar to it, issues are, are used as a precedent for them to rely on. And they're not bound by it. They are able to overturn it, but there's a general deference to the precedent that's been laid out in prior cases. Yeah, exactly. And Sonia Sotomayor um, showed or you know, wrote in her opinion that we have not always followed our own precedents and when the interest of justice requires it, you have to, you know, and time and you know, time and place, you have to go against that precedent that you set. So I do think 
in that little nugget there, I start to think maybe they're going to erode uh, this death penalty thing. Yeah. So. so that, and then she also was talking about how if you look at the numbers about the number of people that are given the death penalty in election years, it's pretty significant because a lot of judges want to appear tough on crime. Yeah. And so around that time when those TV commercials are airing and it's election year they're they're pushing it and they're showing it in their in their behavior and their their rulings which is it's unfair it's unconstitutional just don't murder somebody i guess in an election year or something like that yeah. but um, that was silly but i hope you know what, what what i mean and then you know of course you just look at the number of cases that have been overturned, Those that these innocence projects from around the country are finding that okay. evidence was um, maybe not tested at the time, maybe there wasn't like that scientific um, testing for DNA and things like that, and people are, are, are being proven innocent of murders that they were convicted of. Um, and we've heard a lot recently about different states having problems obtaining the drugs used in the actual deaths of, of these inmates. So and, with all and the humane, these issues. And the humaneness of some ways of um, killing the inmates. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think that the death penalty itself may suffer a death of a yeah. thousand cuts. Yeah, it's certainly under assault right now. And I think it'll probably end up, depending on who we get in the Supreme Court um, this next round, you know, Obama right now obviously has the one appointment, but I think several of the other justices are quite old, and so um, Democratic Republican will determine probably at least one to two more seats on that Supreme Court. Right. So none of these cases themselves directly address whether the death penalty should be unconstitutional, and yeah. there are a bunch of cases that the Supreme Court is currently uh, deciding on. None of them like specifically get the, to the heart of this yeah, question. They're very good at sidestepping issues and really just attacking that minute little issue so they don't overstep their own bounds and say too much. So, and that's how I think this is going to go down is that we're going to, it's going to be chipped away at slowly until yeah. it's standing on a twig and it's going to be deemed unconstitutional because we as a country, I don't think, have been good at applying it consistently. I'm, I know there's inconsistencies with, in terms, if you look at different races, yeah. like a black murderer has a much larger chance of a white murderer of being given the death penalty, things of that nature. Yeah. So putting all these statistics uh, together, I, I think this is going to... I, the slow I, march. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it that the... Death penalty will will see its own death probably within the next decade. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on who gets in that White House next. Oh, really? That, yeah. I think the next president will have at least two appointments to make the, to the yeah. Supreme Court. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I don't. I th I think I think even some conservative judges may come around. Kennedy, who is the swing, well, yeah. I think um, will. And I I don't know. I, I think this is such a. I understand we want to be tough on crime, but I think the culture is now shifting away from this whole tough on crime thing. Just this morning, President Obama commuted the sentences of about 60 nonviolent drug offenders. And I know that that's way different from people facing the, the death penalty, but the culture is... It speaks to that culture. ...is yeah. of now, uh, is of trying to um, redeem people, give people a chance at redemption and not so punit not as punitive mm -hmm. because it hasn't really done us it hasn't any worked. good. It hasn't really worked. Yeah. Not in terms of the drug war, our, not our, in terms yeah. of reducing the 
uh, murder rates. And our rates of repeat offenders are quite high. So people are leaving jail not rehabilitated. Right. So the whole reason, one of the big reasons for um, capital murder, for the death penalty, is as a deterrent for yeah. everybody. But it's not working for that. Yeah. So will be very interesting to see uh, what happens in the next, I think, well, I think it'll be over in the next 10 years. Uh, so far, I'm, well, I guess I'm, I'm one for two of my constitutional um, predictions because <laughs> I predicted on this show prior to gay marriage being de deemed constitutional, that that was what was going to happen. Oh, I so, know. yay for that, me. But I think that was that long, slow march that you that you saw with that, where they slowly chipped away at some of these discriminatory rulings, and finally you had the big um, the denouement. So I think you're going to have that again here, where they just start to slowly chip away. Right. Well, actually, with the gay marriage thing, I saw that in, in law school, the minute that I read Loving versus Virginia, which yeah. is the case that said that marriage is a fundamental right. Yeah. And then I understood that... Anything that's a fundamental right gets the strictest scrutiny yeah. when it's heard, which basically means it's the laws that discriminates against a fundamental right is not, not going to stand. stand. Yeah. And for me, that that was all I needed, and I <laughs> you knew you I knew <laughs> what was that like first or second year yeah. law student? Yeah, so. I think that is the end of our show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to tweet me at Chelsea Galicia and Shaka at Shaka Strong. And, of course, join us here next week on another episode of Justice is Served. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions or comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. redefined.